Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, The Atlantic had an interesting essay about the decline of manual transmissions and basically cars with stick shifts. It was an interesting statistic because in 2000, about 15% of all new and used cars were manual transmissions. By 2020, that number had dropped to 2.4%, and it continues to decline. And this writer just sort of wrote about it, and here's the best paragraph I read. I drive a stick shift. It's a pain sometimes. Clutching and shifting in bumper-to-bumper traffic wears you out. My wife can't drive my car, which limits our transit options. And when I'm at the wheel, I can't hold a cold, delicious slushy in one hand, and at least not safely. But despite the inconvenience, I love a manual transmission. I love the feeling that I'm operating my car, not just driving it. That's why I've driven stick shifts for the past 20 years. And Don, the article just kind of goes on to talk about the joys of driving a stick shift, but also the idea that what does it mean if we have zero cars with manual transmissions anymore? What did you think about the article? I love the article. I love driving stick stick shift. I would drive it forever. Like the author of the article, my wife does not, well, she can drive stick, but she doesn't like to. So it limits possibilities if we have a stick shift car. But uh, I I absolutely love stick shift. So I enjoyed the article. I'd go back to it in a heartbeat if I could. Problem is stick shift cars are now less fuel efficient. And on a stick shift car, other than BMW and Mercedes, you can't get the modern accident prevention safety technology. Oh, really? That's the deal breaker. I'm going to pick up a new car this week and it's automatic because I couldn't get it with a stick and the safety auto stop technology that I want for my soon to have two teenage drivers. Now you're getting a Subaru. Was the stick even an option if you wanted to go that route? Oh yeah, it was standard. It was $1,300 less to uh, to, per, to buy it, but it doesn't come with the auto stop start to, um, safety technology that'll stop the car. You cannot hit a child walking across the street in a new car because the car will use the radar detect that the child's there and stop on its own. That's the technology I want. Lots of car accidents happen because people don't know what they're looking at and they are distracted on the road. I want a good car that's very, very safe for my sons to drive. And that's why I'm buying this car. If it could be stick, I'd be overjoyed, but I can't get a stick, a stick with that technology. Interesting. They said in the article that basically of the hundreds of car models that are now being sold around the world, like today, only about 30 of those models still have a manual transmission option. And I got to assume in the next 10 years, uh, it might just completely go away, especially with the rise of EVs where they don't even have uh, a sort of transmission in the car and stuff like that. So there's really going to be no point for it. Absolutely. Electric vehicles, they have electric motors that go through a uh, single ratio transmission, one at each wheel usually, and therefore they don't need a transmission at all. There are no gears. It's just linear acceleration, which is really pretty impressive. And I've driven one, but I miss the control stick shift. I'd love to have another stick shift car. I just don't see that happening in the near future. My parents had a, a Volvo station wagon when I was growing up. That was a, a stick shift. That's what I learned to drive on when I was 16. Shout out to my dad, who 
had to patiently uh, sit with me and try to teach me how to do it. And, you know, trying to find that friction point between the clutch and the gas. And of course, if you're not doing it well, then of course you're, you're, you're jerking and kind of lurching forward in the car and it can be quite frustrating. I remember downtown Traverse City, we were driving at night and pulled up to a stop sign and this whole group of people were out on their deck just sort of having a party. And then all of a sudden I kept stalling out and lurching and oh my gosh I had 20 people just laughing and yelling at me as a 16 year old it was quite embarrassing and I'll just always remember my dad sitting there very patiently just saying push in your clutch try again push in your clutch but I you know I I think fondly to that now because I did finally master it and I do remember having a sense of pride that I could drive a stick shift knowing that there were many others that could not Absolutely. And you have more control. And even if your car was underpowered, it was fun to drive. I too learned on a stick shift. And by the way, having just my wife and I just taught a 15 year old boy how to drive. It's much easier to teach him how to drive on automatic because there's not all those variables of stick shift. They just have to concentrate on staying on the road. Well, staying on the road and shifting the gears and not stalling makes it a lot more challenging. And I can beat that, Zach. I learned on a stick minivan. My parents oh. bought one of three stick minivans built in the entire 1980s, 90s, and they had one of them. And uh, yeah, I learned on that. Interesting. I I remember when I lived in Australia, there was a bus that would pick us up, and that was a, a, a stick shift like bus, which I always thought was sort of a interesting thing. You just don't see a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I had a, a Saturn Ion. It was kind of the first car I bought as an adult. And I remember being really excited that that was a stick shift. And it was, I don't know, kind of fast, sporty, fun. It was always something to do, I guess, while you were driving. And and sometimes, you know, you could kind of pretend like you were a race car driver or you were in a plane. And, and by making your own decision as to when you were going to go to the next gear, you know, it felt consequential or something like that. You had a sports car. You had a Saturn Redline with a supercharged engine. I was very excited to see that. And then you had no idea what it was. You're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. The oil change is expensive. I'm not sure what's under the hood. I was like, how can you not know? I'm a you car know. guy. I remember being <laughs> horrified that you were like, eh, it's kind of quick. I don't know. It it had racing seats in there. It had, luckily I got it used, but it only had like 10,000 miles. And I guess my luck was that the guy who had to return it to the dealership was getting a divorce and was trying to liquidate assets or something like that. So that was my win. Although kind of as, as the paragraph that I read said, when I got married, my wife and I, we had two cars, but she couldn't drive a stick. And it was just getting a little bit you know, sort of frustrating sometimes trying to manage cars when one person couldn't drive half of the cars that you own, I guess. Absolutely. Another reason why I don't have a stick in my house. If I could afford to have a third car just for fun, I know exactly the one I bought would buy and I'd be all over it, but it would be certainly a stick shift. I think I've told you about this, but I'm going to go back to it is I always remember in the movie Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze being the cool guy and he finally gets a new job down south or whatever. And so he's going to drive his Mercedes. He seems very proud of that Mercedes as he's taking off like a cloth and he gets in there. And then I'll always remember it was an automatic transmission and he just like put it in reverse and he started going. And I just thought that's like the most untoughest, non-cool thing I've ever seen. Don't cool cars need to be a stick shift? Absolutely. It's uh, It shows that you have skill and precision when driving, that you're a skilled driver. A absolutely. You need to have a stick car. 
And I guess that's my thing is you see people with like Corvettes or these really, you know, souped up uh, high horsepower cars. And then they've got them as automatic transmissions. And it just, I don't know, it doesn't seem to fit. Like in Rocky Four, there's a major montage as Rocky's trying to decide if he's going to go fight the Russian. But he's driving a stick shift and he's like aggressively uh, shifting gears as, as we're seeing him think. And it, they're, they're, it adds a layer of toughness, I think. Although now stick shifts are slower than automatics because automatic transmissions have gotten better. And so that's the thing that uh, I think maybe people fall back on. You need, and so, but yeah, I agree with you. You need to be shifting when you're watching uh, Smokey and the Bandit. He, their guys driving, there's the guy driving the truck, shifting gears and showing the power. I, I mean, I like that. You feel like a trucker, you've got control, you've got power. I'm a big fan. And my parents had only stick cars until fairly recently. And that's what I grew up driving. And I, I love it. And I miss it. The one thing that I always also kind of remember was your sort of growth moment as a, as a standard driver was when you got stuck on a hill at like a red light. You know, there was always that moment that when traffic started going was the car was going to start rolling backwards and you had to pull it off or else you were going to really run into somebody behind you. I always kind of like, you know, took a lot of pride in the fact that I was able to master that. Yeah, more challenging in the snow, too. Yes, yes, especially with ice. That's a good point. The author has this sort of interesting paragraph. I want to read it to you and I want to get your opinion about this because I couldn't decide if. This is just way too much romanticism about driving standards. Or if this guy's actually got an interesting point about the human-machine relationship. And so here's what he wrote. He wrote, But the manual transmission's chief appeal derives from the feeling it imparts to the driver, a sense, whether real or imagined, that he or she is in control. According to the business consultant turned motorcycle repairman turned best-selling author Matthew Crawford, Attending to that sense is not just an affection. Humans develop tools that assist in locomotion, but such a domesticated horses and carriages and bicycles and cars, and then extend their awareness to those tools. The driver becomes one with the machine, as we say. In his 2020 book, Why We Drive, Crawford argues that a device becomes a prosthetic. The rider fuses with the horse. To move the tool is to move the self. Crawford argues that this cognitive enhancement is possibly only when you can interpret the components of the tools you're operating. As a rider must sense the horse's gait, so must a driver grok the engine's torque. But modern automotive technology tends to inhibit that sensation. Power steering, electronic fuel injection, anti-lock braking systems, and yes, automatic transitions obstruct the natural bonds between action and perception, Crawford writes. They inhibit the operator's ability to interpret the car's state and capacities through a healthy feedback loop of action and information. To illustrate the point, he tells a story about test driving a 400 horsepower Audi RS3 with all the options, including a paddle shifting automatic transmission. It was powerful and capable, he says, but I could not connect with the car. That description is a common one among gearheads, a way of expressing that the human operator and the machine are out of sync. Don, you love cars. Do you agree with this guy? Are we out of sync with our cars and should we even care? Yes, we should care. We are out of sync, but it's for the best in that new cars use technology and safety mechanisms to make the cars more comfortable, easier to drive, and safer. 
and the cars are safer than they've ever been. Not only do they have the stopping technology that I've talked about to prevent accidents, but they have traction control. You can't spin the wheels in a modern car. You can't, on a snowy day, kick the back end out of your truck or your sports car because it's rear-wheel drive. All that is controlled, as is the suspension, the steering, the accident prevention. These things are all for the better because our cars are so safe and meant for people that aren't paying attention. The problem with that is people aren't paying attention and they're driving without <laughs> thinking and they're looking at their phones, trusting that their car will stay in the lane for them or their car will stop for them. I mean, we are a few years away from being much safer in the vehicles, but yet our accidents rates keep going up and up and up because people are constantly distracted. This drives me absolutely nuts as a runner, as a cyclist, as somebody that is out on the road and terrified they're going to get hit. This, once again, is why I'm buying a new car, not the 19-year-old car that I drive, because I want my kids to be safe. I love them, and I don't want them to die, and I think the other drivers are absolutely awful. How often do you see somebody, and you're like, they're not paying attention at all, or they're on their phone, or they just swished over three lanes and cut off four people and didn't even pay attention, and their cars are increasingly large and powerful. It's just unbelievable. I think we need smaller cars that are safer and less, way less, and better drivers. Well, I mean, could you say or suggest that there's a correlation between the decline in standard transmissions and accidents and stuff like that? Basically, as, as humans have sort of outsourced more and more of these safety features to these cars, all of a sudden, like people are becoming worse and worse drivers. As the guy mentioned in the paragraph, like, you know, he can't, you can't, it's hard to hold a Slurpee when you're driving a standard uh, transmission because you got, you need two hands for things and therefore maybe a, a higher level of focus. And Hey, if you got free hands, now people have got their phones and they're, they're doing all sorts of stupid things in the car. I don't know. Maybe that's a good argument for keeping standards around. Absolutely. And I don't drink Slurpees, so that's not something I miss, but I do think <laughs> that people would have to pay attention more. Um, I had a Ford Ranger with no power steering and a manual transmission. And you were shifting every five seconds or so with that thing because it was such a small engine. It was geared so highly uh, low. But also, you had to, you're, when you turned, you're turning that wheel way, way around. You couldn't eat or drink while you're driving it. It was great. You really had to pay attention. In addition, it had no traction control and the back end would kick out in a heartbeat, especially in the rain or snow. It was a very dangerous, challenging car to drive, but you had to pay attention, and that's what we need more of. Or what would more likely happen is we'd have people in the ditch all over the place because they'd be in accidents all the time. I mean, drivers have gotten worse, so the cars have gotten better, and I don't know which one happened, but I think if we went back to manual transmission cars, it would just be chaos on the roads. <laughs> Do you agree with the author's sentiment? Again, there seems to be sort of a public mourning over the idea that we've lost our control over our machines, that we are losing sort of this, you know, increasingly archaic piece of technology to new things. Are, are we losing something here? Should we be a little bit sad about this or, or no? Ultimately, this is all for the good. I think we should be sad that we don't understand our vehicles and have a connection to the process. You know, when you get into an airplane to fly somewhere, you don't feel like you're getting into an airplane. You're walking through a jetway. On, you never touch the pavement. You're getting in this, you know, narrow seat, but it's climate controlled and everything. I mean, you're just it, so insulated from the process. When you get in, got in my old truck, it didn't have air conditioning. 
It didn't have something where you set the temperature and it was instantly there. It didn't have power windows. You felt like you were driving and you had a real driving experience. And that made you more alert and better off, I think. That said, everything is moving away from that. We have climate control nearly everywhere. How often do people really experience the weather outside? I mean, as you've as I've said before, people need to get more, more uncomfortable, more aware of their surroundings. And I think st- the lack of stick transmission is making people less aware. I, I, I love it. I think we should bring it back, but it's not going to happen because people are increasingly going to more expensive options that are more insulated from the road and safer. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good point. And I, I don't know, I, I guess my thing is, is it seems like everybody's excited about these autonomous cars. Or I don't know if I should use the term everybody, but it seems like a lot of people are excited about getting into a car that's just going to drive you somewhere so that they can just get back on a screen, right? So that while the car drives, they can get uh, back on the internet or look at their phones and I guess become even less aware. One of the things you mentioned was you know, it seemed like there was a culture or a time where a lot of people had a basic understanding of how cars operate and people would work on their own cars or fix their own cars. And nowadays, what you realize is nobody can work on anybody's car except the dealership because there's so many computers and high-tech sensors and stuff like that. And I guess as the stick goes away, that just seems to kind of show the time that the cars are going to become even more complex. Yeah, used to be able to maintain your own Volkswagen bug which was a process fairly easily. It was designed for anybody to do it and anybody could do it and they have the skills to do it. I still work on my cars to some degree, but there's some things I can't do. But you do have to have special tools to reprogram this or that. And uh, thankfully the auto shop people at the high school where I teach help me often. But you're right. These things are going away. Now, the thing about autonomous cars, Autonomous was, everybody thought it was the next thing about five years ago. People were locked in on autonomous. And my friend was working on autonomous cars. And then they defunded the project. And he's working on industrial trucks now. But the point, it used to be like autonomous cars are right around the corner. Now all the auto companies are pouring all their money into electrification. Autonomous is now seeming further off because the Google car hit somebody on a bike. And there's been a couple accidents here or there. And there's so many things that we've talked about in our previous episode about autonomous cars that seems further and further in the future. It's not going to happen anytime soon. But electrification is. And maybe driving on the freeway and staying in lane is. But totally autonomous isn't going to happen anytime soon. No, it seems like the autonomous thing is going to roll out in kind of dense urban areas where the cars have really studied and learned like a certain loop, maybe like the Las Vegas Strip or something like that. and slowly over more and more years, I think they've got a lot more data and stuff like that they got to collect to kind of make it all work and for everybody to feel safe about it. But it's interesting when you look at some of the models of autonomous cars that they're looking at is basically they're just huge like living rooms almost. Like why do you need uh, steering wheels and and various like standard things in a car now if the car is going to take you somewhere? Well, I do think that's coming, but it's quite a ways off. And But yeah, absolutely. I'm all in. I'm all into the uh, electric autonomous vehicle. I could live in Ann Arbor and teach in Lake Orion still and spend an hour going back and forth, reading or sleeping in my vehicle while it drove for itself. I'm all in. That said, I think I'll be retired by the time that comes around. (laughs) Do you think then like uh, maybe the auto companies in these autonomous cars 
or even just these new cars with all these new technologies, do you think they should just like put one of those like, you know, you play a video game and you can like buy a steering wheel and like a, a stick shift to like do the car racing game. Like maybe just like put it in there so that people can pretend that they're driving a stick shift. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they can. Uh, a lot of automatics have a little feature where you can shift it without using a clutch, but it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Yeah, I, I think that would be kind of neat, but uh, pretty much seen through. But I don't think people would really feel it. You have to feel it. I really do want to buy a cool car with stick, but it's not in my economic interest, which makes it so challenging to do. But I'm going to get this new car that's ultimately going to be my kid's car, and then maybe I can buy something that I want to drive, and I'll be the only one that drives it. We'll see, Zach. They could be back to stick sometime in the future. You know, some of your heroes here, like Henry Ford, uh, Walter Chrysler, William Durant, you know, the founders of the major auto companies of Michigan, if they could like crawl out of their graves and, and look around and, and find out about uh, the decline of the standard transmission, do you think they care? Do you think they're upset about this? Are they yelling at us? Or do you think they, they literally are just like, well, it looks like cars are still being sold. That's all we care about. I think they'd be amazed at the size, speed, and uh, efficiency of new cars. I think they'd be more impressed with the roads because the roads in the, that era were not the, what the roads are today. And the systems that we have with the roads are pretty amazing. So, uh, but yeah, I think they'd just be, wow, look at all this progress. It's, it's pretty incredible. I don't think they'd even know what they're looking at if they under, looked under the hood. Do you think they would be angry at this rise of EV? Because these were kind of the guys that there was sort of this interesting turning point where they were looking at electric cars way back when. I know they didn't have the battery technology set up, but there was this whole kind of turning point of, are we going to go combustible engine or, or electric? Do you think they're upset about that? No, it was even Steven there with electricity early on. And the, especially in big cities, they stuck with electric. It was the distribution network. There wasn't widely available power all over the country, all over the rural area to uh, allow people to have an electric vehicle. But it could have gone electric. The early gas cars were nasty and awful and really hard to use. And you'd have to adjust. You'd fill up your tank and then adjust the carburetor based upon the gas you just bought because not all gas was consistent. It wasn't easy. You really had to know your stuff back in the day to operate one of these vehicles. We have a friend, uh, Amanda McKay, whose father has an old Model A and has adjustments like that. It's pretty wild to check it out. It's like it's halfway between a horse and carriage and a car. So it, it's it's impressive stuff that they've done. But yeah, we could go back. I think they'd be like, wow, that's super cool. Like just this is just amazing. The size, speed and everything. Did you see Ford versus Ferrari? I did uh, a while ago. Yeah, do you remember when they put uh, Henry K Henry Ford the second in the uh, race car, and Carroll Shelby took him around, and he's like, "Oh my God, this is just incredible!" I think they'd be amazed at the power and speed. Yes, no, that I mean, what was amazing about that movie was just that they were racing those cars for 24, 48 hours straight, and they were going two hundred plus miles an hour the whole time. I mean, to be able to make a machine that can withstand that sort of pressure for that long, I thought was pretty impressive. All the things they do are incredible. Absolutely incredible. And not just those engines, but the ones in ships and everything else, the efficiency and power is just, it's unbelievable considering where things were just a little bit ago. And also, by the way, prices have fallen for cars. If you adjust for inflation, prices of cars are gotten cheaper. And that's pretty incredible too. 
Yeah, that well, as you said, the, the standard transmission is still a cheaper option. There was kind of a funny line in the in the article where they just said that also your car was much less likely to be stolen because uh, fewer people know how to drive a stick. I just kind of thought that was cool. Oh yeah, it's a, you can leave your car unlocked. Nobody knows how to steal a stick car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another reason. I yeah, I'm really feeling like I need to get a stick car. Well, maybe in the spring. Well, it's interesting because it, sort of my final thought was. You know, I really appreciated this article. It wasn't that long. And it was just bringing up something that I had not really thought about. I guess I would have kind of been able to, through common sense, say, yeah, I think less people are driving sticks today. But I kind of appreciated sort of the trip down memory lane of my own relationship driving standard transmissions. And I guess I also just kept trying to say, like, was this author being a little melodramatic? And again, are we really losing anything? And I just kind of kept going with like, Nobody really seems to cry about the human horse relationship that got broken with the rise of the automobile, right? There's all sorts of technologies that we've left behind and probably don't think too much about. And therefore, is this any different? Well, cars are very nostalgic. People like to look back and think about their cars and what they were. My mother-in-law, who we all loved dearly and passed away, she used to talk about her car that she grew up and it was unsafe at any speeds it was the uh ralph nader car the pinto no it was the chrysler well anyway um yeah people are nostalgic about their cars and they love they think about the good things that happened in the cars it also reminds them of the time of their life when they had that car and the cool things that happened people never seem to remember the bad things that happened with the car but they definitely remember all the cool things they did in the car it was part of them and it was a hallmark to get their first car no, I mean, I've seen documentaries where they talk about America's love affair with the car. And I guess maybe there is, as you kind of mentioned, something about the idea of the rise of the, the highway system and roads. And there's something about the freedom that maybe comes all in there. And of course, there's an American myth maybe behind all of it. And I guess, is it also that you start driving or maybe you get your first car, which is a major purchase, and you're doing that right in a very impressionable age, you know, 16, like you're not quite an adult, but you're getting there. You know, I guess there is sort of a lot of stuff kind of wrapped around your cars. I mean, I can definitely list off every car I've owned and I can, you know, kind of think back to the 1984 Volvo that that my parents had bought my sister so that she had a car and then eventually I got it. But the thing I remember about it was that the car was 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 pretty beat up. It had a ton of miles and it only got one radio station. That was like light FM hits. And therefore, uh, I just remember driving around a lot, like listening to Delilah's radio program and stuff like that. Light FM. Was it a diesel? No, it was not a diesel. But, but it's a very yuppie car, the Volvo. My aunt and uncle had one. That's a super safe Swiss car now owned by a Chinese company. It was unfortunately the elect the electric uh, inside of it was all shot so that none of the power windows worked anymore. So you you know, but but I I think very fondly about that car, even though it was a real piece. It was just sort of I guess it was my piece of garbage, and that's what it is. Your first thing you really owned of value. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I guess we'll have to see if I I don't know. Like, do you think you'll ever drive a standard? car again i i mean thinking about it now like we don't own one and we're probably not going to be buying a stick shift probably ever and i it's almost hard to even find somebody who has a stick shift so is it possible you and i have driven our last stick shift car for the rest of our lives 
My parents got rid of their second stick car about six months ago. That was the last stick I drove. Uh, I, again, I'm, you're talking me into this. This I bought this new car in the spring. We're going to need a third car. I think I'm going to find a stick shift somewhere. I don't know. There are not many out there. And they're cheaper to buy because nobody can drive them. So the used market's pretty good for stick shift. I don't know. I guess I've never thought about it, but I might die, Don, before I ever drive another stick shift. Well, if I get one, I will let you drive it, Zach, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I just like to see if I could still uh, find that friction point and not stall out. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you this week. I look forward to talking with you next week. Absolutely, Zach. Have a good one. Take care.